Hello, 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 and welcome to the sixth week of the 52-week film project. Hello, Jake. How are you doing? Yeah, mate. I'm doing good. I'm still, you know what? I'm still, still shivering from the football. No, I know. I, I really found that introduction really hard to do. We, uh, we just watched England versus Colombia, and we had to go for a walk afterwards because we, we were so stressed. Steam <laughs> coming up here and <laughs> chatting about a film immediately yeah, after that exactly shoot up was a bit and too we, much. And we thought it was one 0 and we were going to be we, we were going to record at nine and it was going to be it fine. Was, it was smooth sailing after the Harry Kane penalty. Yep, ninety third minute. I know. We need to we need to pick it up. We need we to step to pick it, it up when we play against Sweden on Saturday. I believe though. I still believe that football is coming home. I was going to play it as the intro to this podcast, but I thought that would be a, <laughs> be a poor reflection. We're not hooligans, Will. Yeah, and also me and Jake are not the biggest football fans in the world. No. So that would be a poor reflection this is on our actual interests. This is definitely the most into football I've ever been. No, same my, with me. My entire 22 years of existence. And that was why I was freaking out so much when we were watching those penalties from yeah, behind the sofa. <laughs> because if if we were out now, I'm probably never going to care this much again. No, I know. Well, so you least, say that until the next. <laughs> at least up. we can eke out one more one exactly. more game. So this week uh, we are reviewing Tag, the uh, the comedy film um, from what's the name? It's the basically Jeff Thompson. It's yes. basically a Hangover spin-off. This film, isn't it? It's it's the same style. I don't know if the directors are they're affiliated. Not into, they're not affiliated and linked. I thought they would be. Um, yeah, the it, director himself is very, very. Um, he's he's not done a lot of films. The last the film the first thing he directed was um, T J Miller's stand up spe- special. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So he's getting loads of work after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, T J Miller is the guy who faked the bomb threat on the American train the other day. Yes, he? he is. Yes, the guy he from is. Deadpool. The guy from Deadpool one oh, and two. Man. Yeah. I know. He's from Silicon Valley as well. And I, I I love that show so much. But I just like it, it it was one thing when like he was kind of called out in all the Me Too um allegations. And you know, that has to be taken seriously. And I get that they were kind of like keeping him quiet career-wise and of the projects that he was in. But then to, to hear that he just decided to get pissed on a train, have an argument with a woman, call the bomb squad in the States and like tell them the wrong fucking train. It's awful. He didn't, he it's didn't even, absolutely <laughs> abysmal. It's kind of funny though, isn't it? He was so pissed that he didn't even tell them the right fucking train. I know, I know. It's funny, but like that is also very, very serious. TJ Miller, that is poor form. Yeah, bad guy. Bad, bad guy, guy, bad guy. Uh, but no, he's not in this film. So that was by the director that's worked with him. Um, th- for those who don't know, Tag, you know, Tag is the game of it that we play here in, in the UK. Thank you for translating uh, for our UK yeah, audience. <laughs> I feel like if we get like 30 minutes into this, people are like, I still don't know what tag is. Yeah. Um, and it can't be called it because that's the Stephen King thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't, there'd be no market. Um, but Tag is a, th- a film based on a true story and it's actually not one of those like bollocks based on true story. Like I'm pretty sure like The Conjuring says it's based on a true story. And you're like, oh fuck off! Like, how could that be based no, on the true simi- events? The similarities are so I've got the I've got here the true story and what actually happens in the film. So there's there's ten men rather than five, um, which is actually quite amazing that ten friends are still meeting up and they play tag every month. In the film, it's every month of February. In real life, it's every sorry. In in the film, it is every May. In real life, it's every February. Um, and they just play tag for that month, and the, and there's a lawyer in the friendship groups. So they've drafted a proper legal document. Yeah, they have like all these amendments to the game that they've been doing since they were kids, and it's like um, they, it so they play for a month. Yeah, and it, it it's a bit hazy as to like the rules on whether you can um, 
so, like immediately tag someone back? I thought that as the films, because yeah, I I think that you. I think that how you would play it in real life is that you have to tag someone different to someone that's tagged you, because otherwise you could just tag them back straight away. Yeah. Um, in, I the, think, in the film, they have like a few little fit moments where they like tag each other back instantly. But I think in in the real life friendship group that play this, and there's like ten of them. Yeah. Um, from like the the stuff I've watched online. You, they come up with all these really elaborate ways to surprise people. So like the, the opening scene of this film is one of the friendship group is like a vet nurse. Like he, he's like, he's gone through years and years of training and he's like a very wealthy guy. Um, but the, the film opens with him applying for a job as a janitor and it's inside the building of the company that one of the other friends is like heading up. Yeah. And he works his way all the way through to like a board meeting where he then sneaks in as the janitor and like rips off his fake mustache. He's like, I've got you now, fucker. Um, and in real life, they did all that shit. Like there's, there's bits in this film where it's like uh, they dress up as like old grannies in like shopping centers yep. and stuff like that. And that stuff actually happened. Like to this group of mates, they'd like dress up in all these elaborate disguises as builders, as grandmas, as pregnant women. Yeah, they broke it in the real life and in the film. They break into someone's house at two a.m. Um, that it what one? There's a really funny true story is that um, someone someone went. I think it was San. It was I think it was San Francisco to South Carolina or somewhere in the South, and um, they. Um, he said he was in the boot of the boot of their car. I don't know how he got in boot of their car. And him and his wife both opened the booth at the same time. He scared them, tagged his friend. His wife tripped over and broke her ankle in three places. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but she does not care at all. And she found it absolutely hilarious and was really glad to see the friend. And like, I thought, I think that's such, what a nice thing to think about friendship is that you can break your ankle, but you're still friends. Ah, oh, you got me. Ah, <laughs> oh, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, you. I, I just think it's fantastic. I think that's such a fantastic friendship thing to do. Like, it's just incredible. It is, it is cool. And like the whole concept, like guys and girls, you, you'll watch this film and you'll think like, fuck, I kind of wish I did this with a group of mates. Oh, like, this I is, genuinely and, wish. And oh. the, fru the through line of this film is that it's kind of the reason that they've all stayed friends into their like late adulthood. Yeah. And it like, it is really, it is really cute. It is really funny, but it kind of also through the film sort of explores like it, you've got this one mate of theirs who kind of the the setup and the storyline for the film is that they've got this one friend who for 30 years has never been tagged by any of them. Yep. Right. And so they, he kind of like one of the like the key member of the group who's played by Ed Helms, who's the guy from The Hangover, the one who gets the Mike Tyson tattoo on his face. Yep. he's also um, the voice of Captain Underpants, which I find great. Is he actually? He's the voice of I Captain Underpants. I still haven't Underpants. watched that. I, I need to I watch love Captain those books. They, I've I read all of them. Books. They're incredible, especially the ones where you had to like turn the page really quick and you yes! see like the flip. Oh, mate. oh, nostalgia. Anyway, yeah, Ed Helms is Ed Helms is the lead for this, um, and Jer the guy who plays Jerry is the fastest, the fastest guy. He's never been tagged. And their aim for this film is they're going to tag, they're going to tag Jerry. They, um, they, they're the, going to finally get him. Yeah. yeah. And the preface is also Ed Helms tells them that this is Jerry's last year. After this, he's retiring after never being tagged. So it adds that bit of dynamic as well. And he's getting married. Um, played by Jeremy Renner of um, Hansel and Gretel fame. I'm joking. Of Avengers <laughs> of all, fame. No, no. Of, of Avengers of all, fame. Of all, of all the things to reference Jeremy Renner from. Of Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, no. Who plays Gretel in that? Oh, um, 
an actress who I know exactly who it is, but I I'll can't what, remember. I'll tell you what, you Google it, and I'll see like while you're googling if I can like continue to name Jeremy Renner films until you find it. Go, go. okay. Um, Avengers Assemble, Avengers Age of Ultron. I know I'm cheating. Civil War, <laughs> Civil War, um, not Infinity War. Uh, the Hurt Locker. Um, um, oh fuck! No, I don't, what else is he in? Oh my gosh, you you need to know. There's someone of your favorite films. New one coming out soon. Tom Cruise is in it. Main one. Is he in Mission Impossible? Yeah, he's in the last three. Really? Yeah, he's in the last three. Who does he play? Um, I've no idea. He plays one of the. He plays <laughs> one of the helpers. He's one of the the other guys. Uh, um, I've got the name, Gemma Arterton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She plays Strawberry Fields in Quantum of Solace, which is the best Bond name. I still maintain. She was one of those actresses who I feel like Hollywood tried to push between like 2012 and 2015. Yeah, and, and it like, didn't happen. Around the same time, like Sam Worthington did Avatar, and they thought he was the next big thing, and then he did Clash of the Titans one and two, and a, I think a Terminator film, and then it kind of just his career sort of plummeted. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. No, and no, it, and, it, and it's not like he hasn't been trying. It's not one of those like oh where is Michael Sarah now and he's like, good where is Michael Sarah now <laughs> Arrested Development season 5 <laughs> it's like the only thing he's come out of hibernation to do I also have a weird theory about this film about half what this film tag this tag film tag film yeah, tag film tag film um, I think that because the director is not that very well known I've looked at the producer I've looked at the cinematographer there's no coherent link between any of them it, but it's such an all star cast I think it's kind of been built up through um, all the network comedy shows like Parks and Rec, like Arrested Development, like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Like that, a lot of them are on that. So, um, yeah, because that, that struck me. I don't know how many people who played minor characters in this film that you recognised, mm. but I recognised a lot of them from a very select circuit of American comedy. Mm -hmm. So, for example, well, okay. Hands down, the best character or the best actor in this whole film is Hannibal Burris. He is like for those of you who don't know Hannibal Burris, fucking go and find out about him. He's one of he's like a compare on the Eric Andre show. He's one of Eric Andre's best mates. If any of you have watched that, it's like a surreal comedy sketch show. He's also got his own stand-up stuff on Netflix, which is absolutely hilarious. He did like a whole documentary on his time on the circuit of Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And like the highs and lows, and I, I well, I know you're going to be interested because like you're looking at me like this. Now. Will co-host co Will actually performed at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, yeah. didn't you, mate? That that was that. That's why I looked at that. I was like, I would love to watch that now. I I did yeah. not know he did that. No, that's it, fantastic. It, it, it's really cool, and you'll probably resonate with it more than I do because no. I don't I don't act or sing or dance or perform at all. And he he captures like what it's like to do like six relentless weeks of shows every night in different venues. And like in some of them, he gets like heckled by drunk fans. He's like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Like if the crowd's not into it, I'm not going to stick around kind of thing. Wow. That Sometimes is he does these really amazing shows. And like behind the scenes, he's like, this is fucking hard. And he's staying in this like tiny little flat. Um, but yeah, no, Hannibal Burris is absolutely hilarious. Every single he, line is, is a winner. He's very surreal. He's very like, um, he just makes loads of really hilarious comments about things that he's kind of noticing around him. He's a very like, um, I don't know what you would call that. So observational. He's, a, he, he, he's an observational comedian, definitely. Yep. Um, and I feel like they gave him quite a bit of free reign with this, with his lines in this film. Yeah, it did like, seem a lot of them were improvised or a lot of the moments anyway were improvised with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think that him being in the film kind of brought in a few 
kind of bit part actors who are also kind of walk that same kind of American comedy circuit and they're in kind of other shows, kind of like Parks and Rec. Well, like Thomas so, Middleditch. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Thomas Middleditch is the guy from Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's the, he's the main guy, the nerdy guy in Silicon Valley. Um, and he's, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, but he, I haven't really seen him do anything else. And college he, Team Originals. He's yeah, one of the founding he, members of the College, college okay. Team Originals. He's done loads and loads of the original College Team stuff. Oh, no way. Which I didn't, I didn't realise. And then I went, I was looking through College Team after I watched this film just, just, on, just on YouTube. And he was there. And I was like, oh, of course I recognise him from this. Uh, makes perfect sense. Okay. Anyway, yeah. But no, you know, I think he's really funny. And he has like a bit part in this film where he, um, he plays like a receptionist at a gym that's run by Jeremy Renner's character. And what I hold, I wrote it down on my phone. What, what is it that he says? He says um, he's got like a, he's got a rat tail for starters, and they've tried to make him look like slightly bulky instead of nerdy for once. And he says like um, I can't remember what the gym's called, like Jimmy's or something. But he, as they walk in, and they're walking in to try and like find out where Jeremy Renner is by going to his gym and asking the attendant. But he like they walk in, he says something like, "Welcome to Jimmy's. Get hard, stay hard." <laughs> <laughs> it's it. just like constant dick jokes. I just love it's that he. Weird. I love that he sort of just plays with his rat tail. He just sort of flicks it over sometimes, <laughs> and, and they really focus on, on that bit of the film. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going in order, but um, we'll we, we'll start. From, so they get the gang back together. You have um, John Ham, as we mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah, John Ham, the Mad Men guy. Probably the best thing I've seen him in since Mad Men. He was great in this film. The only other thing that I've really seen. John Hamm in is that Black Mirror episode White Christmas mm -hmm. which I think is my favourite Black Mirror episode yep. it's the really really fucked up one where he plays like the relationship coach yep. where he like views what the person's seeing and gives them dating advice that was really cool but it's not a comedy yep. it's the new thing dark. that he's going to be in is the New Mutants um, he's playing the big bad guy Mr. Sinister who oh, the, Lord... the new X-Men spin-off yes the new X-Men spin-off which um, there's a lot of people related who are doing who are doing comic, um, comic book films. I mean, the one that, so the next person they meet is uh, Jake Johnson. He's Jake Johnson who plays Randy Ciliano or Chili. He's, he's the guy from New Girl. Yes, he's the he's, guy from He's New Girl. Nick from New Girl for anyone who's mm. like trying to think of who Jake Johnson is because yeah. I had no idea who his And he essentially was. is a constant stoner throughout this film. He is, the, the, every, pretty much every scene he has a lit joint in his mouth or a, or a vape pen with weed yeah, in it or he, a bong he's like he's like the loser pothead of the group who didn't really achieve what he kind of set out to do yeah. after school but he's not like see when when he, we say that sounds one dimensional right, you sound like the yeah. pothead guy he's not that at all he's got so much heart it's like that's just a secondary thing that's what he does yeah. but it's not who he is and I really like that part of, that part of it with him it's just he just he has this organic he, he's really really organic on screen um, yeah, he is. He is, and he's he's funny, and I I do like that actor. I think he's I think he's interesting. Do you know who he um, plays in the new comic book thing? Spider Man. He plays Spider Man, the Peter Parker in the Spider Man into the new in, into the Spider Verse thing. Yes, that's that, coming what, up. That, that upcoming Spider Man animated film. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, he. Yeah, I remember that from the trailer. I remember thinking oh, that voice is familiar. Mm. But no, he is funny, and I always like. I, I, I struggle with like the archetypal American comedy film that has the classic stoner character in it because I feel like it's been done to death. I feel like in this day and age, especially with how progressive weed's becoming, I feel like like it, it doesn't have to, a character in a comedy doesn't have to revolve around their weed consumption. And it doesn't need to when be it, a joke. When, when yeah. it's such a commonplace thing in, in, in like 
the modern day at the moment. And I'm so bored of characters who've never smoked weed before yeah. getting very, very high. And then there's a whole 10, 15 minute sequence of them like, oh my gosh, I'm so Just high. Just chatting shit. Yeah, yeah no, it, but it's not like that. It kind of, it, it adds quite a funny part to the character without it being overbearing. And it's like the, the first kind of scene of him is they surprise him at his flat and he try he like makes a run for it because he thinks one of them's going to try and tag him. And as he's like, he's got a joint on the whole kind of like escape from his flat. And as he's kind of running, the camera sort of like, as he takes like another hit from the joint, it like slow, it goes into like slow-mo as he's running down the stairs. I think and it, it, was, it was quite funny. Mm. Um, what, what are the other characters you got? Um, so Hannibal Burris, obviously he plays their other mate. And the first time you meet him is another great cameo. He's in like a therapy session with a, like a, a female counsellor who is played by the woman from Portlandia. Have you ever watched oh, Portlandia? I haven't watched it, but I, I, I know of her because I've watched the stuff stuff around the show. Yeah, interesting. It's another like, yeah, another like very weird, surreal sketch show. So I feel like they're probably like good mates. Um, but that, yeah, that was just like another funny face to see. Yeah. Um, and then who's the other? So now I'd say now you've got the um, the theme. That, so that this is around the five guys, but there is actually what they what the I like about this film a lot is that they make a real attempt as well as having the five guy friendship they make a real attempt to try and flesh out the female characters as much as possible as well so they have it, counterparts in ways see i you do disagree i disagree a bit okay so like if we're talking female characters you've got in my mind you've got three you've got the wife of the main friend the hangover guy um, who's played by Isla Fisher yep. and is like just a fucking nutter. She's like the wife that is way too competitive and way too absorbed by the game and she's not even actually a part of it. She yeah. just like really, really eggs them on and like gets very aggressive and overbearing. And this is a plot point that this is their like their holiday as a couple and this is what she loves to do on a holiday. So even even though she's not because it's an amendment in the rules of the game since they were kids that like... No girls allowed. No girls are allowed to play the game. Um, but it, it, like there's, there's a bit where they're chasing Jeremy Renner on a golf course in golf buggies and she's like, she's chatting to someone about, I think she's chatting, she's chatting to, like, to the reporter. The, so there's a Wall Street journalist reporter who, who follows, follows them, them along. Yeah. And yeah, she wants to like chase the story of the strange mates that play the game of tag. And she, they're like chatting on a bench and Isla Fisher is like describing it to her. And she, she's like, um, some couples uh, go abseiling together. Some couples um, go to the salon together. Uh, some couples go and have gangbangs and this is what we do. This is our gangbang. <laughs> and then like they come tearing through on their golf buggies and she like gets up off the bench and she screams like, get him, like, it's like tear downfield, go, downfield. Go up, go up the fourth fairway, cut him off. Like, it's just like, she's so intense. And then, and then like she goes back to her bench and says, so do you want to see my my children's pictures? I love it. I love it. So I, yeah, so I would say, I think that she's a really interesting character. I think the reporter is quite funny, although she's not really used. She's kind of just a fly on the wall of the whole thing. Yeah, she's kind of like the the, the audience is way in on narrating, yeah. uh, narrating the friendship. And then yeah. the only other characters are the wife-to-be of Jeremy Renner, who is like in on the game as well and she's like um she will go to like extreme lengths to also make sure that jeremy doesn't get tagged like even at one point like faking a miscarriage 
so that like the guys feel too guilty about tagging him even though he's right in front of them because he's helping her leave and then it like transpires towards the end of the film that she's not even fucking pregnant no. like it is like it goes there it like it really goes there and i think she's funny but then so i, d- I don't think the reporter was very well developed and i also think um Rashida Jones who plays Cheryl Deakins who is the like um, the childhood like uh, she's like the love interest that's that's um, that Bob John Hamm's character and Chili Jake Johnson's character have like this this tension about constantly because both of them have got with her throughout their lives at some point and it's like this, this is like this really funny scene where it kind of cuts back to them as kids like sitting with her on swings and she's kind of like kissing them both one after the other and like Hannibal Burris is narrating it <laughs> it's so good he's very very good his voice is so like matter of fact he's like but then Cheryl fell in love with Bob much to uh, Jake's chagrin yeah, no, literally, it literally is just a random narration, as per usual. So you didn't think she was that well developed? I just thought like she, like, I thought it was an interesting dynamic to introduce that kind of Jeremy Renner invites her to the wedding so that it will kind of get the guys off his back a bit because they'll be too busy fighting over her. But I don't think she was a particular, I don't really think she did anything. I don't think she added anything. And considering she's one of the best characters in Parks and Rec. Yeah, she is. She's so funny. Um, and she's got so much personality. I just kind of expected a bit more from it. Yeah, I get that. Um, so I, I do think that this I like film... the dynamic it added to Chili because I yeah. think otherwise Chili could could have just fell into that. But but, but um, Chili in the end gets the girl over John Ham, and I quite like that dynamic of this loser. But he re- he's like trying to at home. He's like reliving his childhood um, fantasy, and he's succeeding, and he's being better at home than he's been throughout his life. I like that kind of thing. Yeah. I like that how that adds to it. Yeah, fair um, enough. But what we've kind of alluded to in this film is that although it is deeply hilariously funny, and we'll talk about some of the fo- funniest moments. Um, yeah, we'll again, do funniest moments in a minute because yeah, I've got a few lines. Yeah, up. we've got some lines up. Um, if this film has got a real heart, I felt I I cried at this film at the end. There is a um, there is some really beautiful scenes in this, but they but they the whole idea of um, the the friendship. They have these really really nice friendship segments. I liked the fact that there was a running theme throughout the film that because Jerry is so good at tag, he hasn't spent time with them because he just he just escapes. Yeah, and it's like, while it's keeping all the other guys together, Jeremy's essentially an outsider because they're sort of like, they aren't invited to his wedding and they find out about it and turn up. And it's sort of addressed later on in the film. It's sort of like, you know, well, why did you not invite us kind of thing? Or why are we not up there as your best men kind of thing? And he was like, well, because I always see you guys as being so close because you spend all this time together, but we we never really see each other outside the month of May. Mm. And it, yeah, like it was quite sweet. It, it, it did have some nice kind of turns as like uh, blokes looking back on the years and kind of reviewing their friendship. It, like, yep. it is quite sweet. I think that where this film really thrives, though, is when it doesn't take itself too seriously. It goes yeah. to quite big extremes, and it's like them kind of trying to outdo each other. Like there's an excellent scene where they all try and break into Jeremy Renner's house to tag him at night, and he's not there. Um, and then he skypes them. He skypes them from one of the other characters' basements, his childhood basement, and is like messing around with his like childhood teddy bear mm. and like kind of alludes to the fact that he's gonna like put some lotion on his hands and start masturbating with the bear so they all freak out run out of jeremy's house and drive back to the house 
and they burst into the childhood bedroom and he's not there. And then, and then it's revealed on Skype that Jeremy Renner's set up like a fake version of this guy's childhood bedroom in the basement of his house that they were just in. It's so good. It's so and then good. he's like, he's like, while they're all confused, he's like, I'll see you gentlemen tomorrow. And they're like, hangs up and like grabs a beer and carries on watching the football or something. Mm. It is like, it, 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 the best moments are those bits. Yeah. And it, there are so many parts in this film where the characters just don't know whether like the wedding they're at is fake, whether it's all actors around them. Like right near the end of the film, like the final scenes, they end up going to a hospital. And even then, like Chili is kind of like going around with John John Hamm's character, like I like that guy's not a real doctor. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's not a real doctor. Um I think the only re- the only reason it fell on its sword a little bit for me in terms of the heartfelt moments was it spends so much time kind of doing all this elaborate bullshit and you don't know what's real and what's not that when it kind of gets to the final moment where it's revealed that like the character, the friend that's been keeping them all together and egging them on um, has actually got like, he's got cancer or something. Yeah. Um, And that's why they're in the hospital because he gets rushed there. It, It kind of, you right up until the end of the film for me I was like is this a joke like is because you know they like the other characters just faked having a baby in a miscarriage like is this also bullshit kind of thing is there some sudden reveal that's going to happen and it doesn't happen and it ends on like a heartfelt note with all of them like chasing each other around the hospital in the last five minutes of the month playing tag and they get the girls involved it's all really sweet but I kind of as the credits rolled I was sort of like that could have been more effective if they'd made it more clear that that wasn't a prank yeah I think I really I do agree with you agree with you completely I think it might have needed 10 minutes of more sincerity at the end but then maybe that would have killed maybe it would have killed killed the vibe vibe. yeah it's really difficult balance to say I know that Jake Johnson did a couple of interviews about it and he said that with the miscarriage scene and the scene with cancer at the end they did continuous shots about that, continuously reshooting and reshooting and reshooting um, just so they could get, and and also added improvisation in there just so they could get um, the tone right in it because they were really worried that these jokes would come off as really, really crude. Mm-hmm. And they were really, yeah. really trying to make sure that sure that it doesn't. And I don't think it does come across as crude. I don't think it comes across too far. I think it might just take a bit of the sentiment out, away at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. So um, funniest moments. So funniest lines, funniest things. Um I think this I think what I find really, really funny, but not me not even funny, maybe, but just I really, I really I really found myself smiling throughout the whole of it. Yeah, was, I was I was grinning ear to ear the yeah. whole film. And while I feel it could could have been a bit funnier, yeah, it was just like, I mean, last week we talked about Ocean's 8, right? And I was grinning most of that film before, even if it was light and frothy and there weren't any stakes, it was, it was, it was funny. The writing was sharp, even if the plot was a bit weak. This film, however, has a relatively consistent plot. It gets so dramatic at points that it really does feel like there are stakes. Like, I remember, like, near the end of this film, I was thinking, like, fuck, we've got like half an hour left. I really fucking hope they tag Jeremy Renner. No, I know. Otherwise, I'm going to be really gutted leaving this cinema. No. Um, so, you know, I, I I thought it was really funny. I think for me, because I'm such a big Hannibal Burris fan, I think the best moments for me were some of his lines. So like I had a couple written down on my phone. One of them's where they're at like the wedding reception and uh, it, like Hannibal's a bit pissed 
And John Hamm turns to him and he says, like, how many wines have you had? And Hannibal kind of like thinks for a second and he goes, well, uh, how many legs does an octopus have? And then John Hamm turns to him and goes, eight, obviously. <laughs> and then Hannibal Burris just sort of looks at him and goes, <laughs> it's so and he, good. Just sort of, he just sort of like laughs it off and carries on drinking. It's so it's um, such a great another, scene. Another one from him was the bit where John Hamm kind of like turns up to pick them up in a car and they're like, Where the fuck have you been? And he's like, Oh, I had a I had a business call with China. And Hannibal Burris is like, um, but it's 8 a.m. in China right now. Like, who are you having business calls with at 8 a.m. in China? And then John turns and he goes like, how do you know so much about Chinese time zones? And Hannibal Burris just goes, 2008 Olympics, Michael Phelps, baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like every line. He just he just managed to make every line so funny. It's the way he it's says so it. It's great. Just, he just I can't even do an impression of it. But he just says it in such a deadpan way, and it's great. No, um, I found like myself laugh like smiling throughout. But but the bits that were properly funny, I I was in an audience of eight people. Yeah, I was about, there were about seven people yeah, in the cinema, and I saw were, it. I saw it at nine p.m. on a Monday night. Yeah, right? yeah. But I, but people were roar, those eight people. All of them were roaring at Bart yeah, laughter at all the bits. And I was like, well, that's that's good. And on my film also was captioned oddly, um, which we kind of took away some of it. It had so, subtitles. Yep. Oh, what the fuck? I know. So were you so, in like a hard of hearing showing? Uh I think so, but there was yeah, the, it was one of been. the only it was the only it's the all the tag screenings were captioned. Um it was very odd. Um my anyway, my favorite moments of the films was when they mixed genres for comic effect. So yeah. when they so there is a scene where so for for a starter, one of my one of my favorite films, weirdly, is Sherlock Holmes, and they have this very Sherlock Holmes style um, thing of the slow mo. Yeah, they, when they when Jeremy Renner in slows down time and says, um, I don't know, they didn't. they steal it. They it's yeah. basically they rip off the the. Um, is it is it the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or is it the Robert Downey? It's Jr.? the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Ro- Robert Downey Jr. slow mo where he's like right punch the right abdomen da, 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 yeah. and he does it and then it like cuts quickly and it's all the really cool action sequences. They do that, don't they? Yeah, and they'll do and they'll and they'll do it. They sort of mix take about it. So John Hamm's running towards him. He'd be like, um, it, Bob Bob is, Bob gets to too too wound up in his own ego. Easy, easy. And then just throws a fire extinguisher in him. Yeah. And Jeremy Renner's like throwing donuts and he's like, I am slaying it with these donuts. I know. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, because that's the, that, you're talking about the AA meeting bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they try and, they try and catch Jeremy at an AA meeting and it does the slow-mo and they're all like running and, and one of them, like the hangover guy, his inner dialogue in this slow-mo is like, I've done it. I've caught him off guard. I've finally done it. And then and Jeremy Renner, it cuts to him and it's like, he thinks he's caught me off guard. Oh, what bad does, move. <laughs> what does Hannibal Burris say at this point? Because uh, so, it's so the funniest Han- line. <laughs> I know, it's, Hannibal's like guarding the exit and eating a packet of crisps while they're all inside trying to catch him. And it cuts to Hannibal as they like smash up against the door and he's, he's sat there and he's like, why does bi-weekly mean, twi- <laughs> mean twice a week and also once every two weeks? Like, that's just lazy. <laughs> it's just, it, it's just so, so funny. What I also like is when they um, play with but there's a scene which is generally quite scary, um, where Jeremy Renner has got has put has crashed the golf cart. They have a golf cart battle, and he's just crashed it. Um, and and they're in the woods, and suddenly it goes all dark, and Jeremy Renner gets people to um, 
to people like extras to like just become himself. So they also like whistle to them. And, he and wears, they wear the same clothing. Yeah. It's like, it's like guerrilla warfare. Like and, yeah. it's all filmed like deer hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I think the action sequences were really, really well filmed. I know that the cinematographer um, has done all the X-Men films. Oh really? So I think that might be what one, th- and one thing, which is why that the action sequences are so good is because they're used to doing, the cinematographer is used to doing action films. But yeah, they, it's, they it's, were well done. It was, yeah, and but that, but they were well done to the point that they were, they made the jokes even funnier, which is what I liked about the whole film um, in general. Yeah, it, um, did, it didn't take itself too seriously, which was, which was, um, which was a really good thing. Yeah. Um, what do you think about critic quote awards? Yes. So, what did you what did you, what did you uh, find in the ether of in Rotten the Tomatoes? Ethernet. <laughs> um, what, so, what about best description for this film? Best then? description. I got it from a guy called Tom Rosso at the Boston Globe. He says, um, "What's most unexpectedly? Ugh, I always get these. I always you struggle. Always get tongue tied, or you say them way too fast. Yeah, like, I know. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. What's most unexpectedly gratifying is how much energy veteran stand-up director Jeff Tomzik and his splashy cast pour into ensuring that this is legit entertainment, packed with gonzo wit and even some sentiment. I think that sums up pretty pretty nicely. Yeah. I think it's got. I think it takes into account the fact that it is very very funny but it's it's an entertainment film it's it was it was such a it's it's a great comedy but also i was thoroughly entertained with the yeah, action completely. sequences with the sentiment with the fact that is jeremy renner going to get tagged i had no idea. i like i really had film had stakes the film the had film, stakes the film, damn right the film had stakes it had more stakes than ocean's 8 and it had more consistency than jurassic world what a nice way Mate, to... I, feel, I feel like if we don't call back to Jurassic World in every single episode of this podcast. No. Know, yeah. We're, we're wasted as podcasters. Yeah, yeah. Why and, even and, bother? And, and, and that film's not getting enough hate. <laughs> that film... <laughs> okay. yeah. It wasn't that bad. It just no. wasn't very good. Every every, um, every week we take a 0.5 off the score of Jurassic World. <laughs> it's on like three now. Um, yeah, yeah okay. what was your best description? My best description of this film was a lot shorter than yours. It's from Pablo A. Schultz from Clarin. And it says, it's a silly comedy about a real story that's as incredible as it is absurd. Nice. Which I think is really good. Yeah. Uh, the, at the end of this, I, I got these on the train. I copied and pasted them on, on the way back home today. And so I also copied and pasted a part of the quote that says, full review in Spanish. No! <laughs> I, honestly, I, that was going to be my funniest description was that I just saw the first one as full review in full Spanish. Full review in Spanish. I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> what an insightful description. I know. Um, um, what about most savage quote? I, this, did, someone, I, did anyone really rip into it? Because, you know, oh, we, yeah. we had some horrendous ones with Ocean's 8. Yeah, there's, this, this is quite good. This is quite good, I think. I think I think it, it go, this guy goes a bit too far. I think he needs to calm down. He needs to take a chill pill. Uh, this guy from Carl... Oh, gosh. This guy from Carl. No, this guy Where's is that? named Carl Kozolowski um, from Pasadena Kowalski? Weekly. That literally Kowalski? Is, is it Kowalski? It's Kowalski. <laughs> it's Kowalski. Oh, um, one nil to the psychology show. I know, right? English. Um, I was shocked to find that Tag was tone deaf on tone deaf on every level, amped up to an obnoxious frenzy that made me want to throw each one of its characters off rooftop, rooftops and window and out of windows myself. Game or no game. What does that? What Jesus does a game Christ. or no game mean? What does that? Does I think that's a threat. It is completely a threat. Yeah. Like I think if he met Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Manor or Ed Helms, he would that, throw think, that out a window. I think that would probably hold up as evidence in court. I know, <laughs> Carl, you've screwed yourself um, up. Mine, 
mine's gone for a bit more of a um, eloquent burn. Mine is from John Winkler of the Young Folks. Even though I feel like John Winkler is like the, the least youthful name you could give. John someone. Winkler, um, and he said, "As flavorless and limp as a soggy chip at the bottom of a plate of nachos." That's nice. It's kind and of- it instantly, instantly made me think of the fucking rip-off nachos that you can buy in Odeon cinemas, which are like six quid. They're basically unflavored Doritos. And no matter how much dip you put on them, they are so brittle that none of those nachos are going to be soggy at the bottom. <laughs> uh, I, I love that that made you think about that. Um, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, invited, mate. funniest description. Um, uh, this is this is from Dustin Rolls. Um, the magazine is called Pajiba. 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 <laughs> Pajiba. What a cool name. I know, is, that, is that a film review? Hold on, I'm gonna while you're explaining it, I'm gonna look up Pajiba. No, fair enough. Um, it's this is quite good, but I, this is I I find this funny because it's bizarre. I don't understand what he's trying to say. Um, Tag refuses even to be aggressively profane, gross out, disgusting, or awful. It just is. It's the light blue polo shirt of comedies. It's an untoasted bagel with plain cream cheese. Great. Yeah, I know. I know. I just found it funny. It's untoasted. I like an untoasted bagel with cream cheese. Yeah, mate. And a bit of salmon on that. Bagels do not need to be toasted. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, I just... (laughs) Pajiba... Um, if it's the same one that you've just got this review from, um, the, I've just Googled it and it says Pajiba Entertainment. And then the tagline is Entertainment, Politics, Culture, Nasty Feminist Hug Box. Right. Great. Okay, cool. Um, and the most, the latest from Pajiba.com, uh, you have <laughs> a whole article 20 hours ago, which is just titled Spoiler. Pete Davidson has a large penis. Right, okay. So we n- so, so you nasty feminist hugbox, yeah, you. No. Well, we, I shouldn't say too much. I'm an English graduate who needs a job. So Pajiba, I'm sure you're a fantastic <laughs> magazine. Um, cool. I really hope you do well. So what's your funniest Hashtag description? Content. Um, my funniest <laughs> description is, it, I mean, it's not brilliant, but it's, I just thought it was quite a funny way to talk about the cast. It's from Eric Snyder of Crooked Marquee. And it says, the way the sincerity and silliness collide here is as awkward as John Hamm and Hannibal Burris pretending they went to school together. <laughs> I quite like I quite like that. I, th- I think I, it's so unfair. Like. No, it is. It is. I I do th- I do find the people who've who've given bad reviews to this film, I just I think they're comparing it to the hangover. And the hangover has its problems, but I still find it funny. Oh but, no, I think the first hangover is an absolute no, yeah, classic. Yeah. But the second and third ones were fucking awful. Yeah. Like maybe, all right, maybe not the Bangkok one, the second one. I thought that was relatively funny. But the third one just dragged and dragged and dragged. No. And they relied way too heavily on Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Like, well, they, they realised. He's not that, when he's in scripted stuff, he's not that funny. No, he's good oh. when, like the fern stuff, he's very yeah, good. Yeah, the Between Two Ferns. He recently did did one of them. Did you see? No, not recently. Um, he, not yeah, because he brings them out like once every year now. Yeah. Um, and he did one with, oh fuck, who was it? He had someone on the show and he like halfway through the show just like introduced a new guest and the way, it, hold on, let me have a look. He had, <laughs> um, oh, hold on, I'll find it. 
He had oh, he had Jerry Seinfeld on Between Two Ferns, which for anyone who doesn't know what this is, it's like a series of kind of like scripted interviews that Zach Galifianakis, the chubby guy from the Hangover trilogy, does yep. with like famous guests. He's had like Barack Obama on it and everyone. Yeah, the Beeble one's quite are, funny. They yeah. are scripted and he kind of just like takes the piss out of the people that he has on it for a bit. And he had Jerry Seinfeld on it the other day and then just halfway through the in, like, interview, he introduces Cardi B and makes... <laughs> And, and makes and makes Jerry get up so that she can sit down, and Jerry ends up sitting on a potted plant, like literally on one of the ferns that they have that's on the show. Great. No, that's great. Um, no, but for anyone who likes Zach Galifianakis, go and watch Between Two Ferns. Yeah, that's that's the body work that you should go and see from that. So, Jake, what are you going to review this film? Oh, see, you know what? I've been umming and ahhing because the highest rating we've given a film so far was Hereditary, right? Hereditary, yeah. And what did we give it? Eight each? I think you gave it an eight. I think I gave it a 7.5 or 7.57. I'm not sure how it works. And I thought that film was terrific. Completely different genre, of course. I thought that it had pacing issues. Whereas I felt that even if this film tag isn't in the same kind of category, it was paced pretty well. It had funny characters. It had me grinning from ear to ear. And that is exactly what a comedy should do. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I really, really enjoyed this film. I think that it's it's really, really funny. And I think it's probably not going to get what it deserves in the UK at the moment because we have such great weather and the World Cup's on. Yeah, um, and it came out in the US a couple of weeks ago. So like, it's it's kind of getting middling reviews. What is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Like sixty six percent or something yep. like that. A lot of Rotten Tomatoes reviews that I read said that this is a funny yet forgettable film. In other words, and I'm quite sad about that because I think I'm going to remember this film for a long time. I will. I think I'm going to come back and watch it again. I think it was so funny and so entertaining. Yeah, when, when this crops up on Netflix in like a year's time, I yeah. will sit down and watch it again because exactly. it is very funny. It's got a lot of cameos from comedians that I care about. Yeah, 8 out of 10. What about you? 8 out of 10. Uh, which is also the highest thing rate. Is that film. the first time we've both reviewed a film? The Have same? we agreed? No, no. Is, I that, think it's, is that true? Yeah. And my reasoning Mate, is... we really need to go back and start making a tally of what yep. we've I'd like films. to do some like Instagram graphics and photos unlike this is our thing for the <laughs> month. <laughs> you make like, really shit like clip art work, like bar charts. <laughs> what, with a paper clip just in the yeah. corner helping us out? No, um, yeah, I 8 out of 10... I think there are moments in Hereditary that are Hereditary, which is the film that we've rated highest up to this point, that eclipse it. It's just a very different genre of film. There are such fantastic acting in that film. But you're right. There is inconsistency with pacing. There is problems with some of the plot in the end. And with this film, I laughed throughout. I grinned throughout. I thought there was genuine stakes. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good comedy and I've not seen a comedy in a while that I've laughed that much do you, do you think it could have a sequel or do you think that that would kill it? I think that would kill it. I think what I think I'd like to see the cut. No, okay, this is my caveat. I I don't want to have a sequel. I think that done, done and dusted, I'd like to see the same cast work together again or a different combination yeah, of the okay. above. All right. I think they had really good chemistry and that's what I love, half loved about this Yeah, I, I do think they had pretty good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think some of the kind of female characters and the side characters were kind of like they didn't really know what to do with them. But the main five were really good. Yeah, they were. And, and, really, and each were it different. Was, it was just so cool to see that group of that group of guys together, like seeing 
the best character from New Girl, the the guy from Mad Men, um, Hannibal Burris. I'm not going to be able to name something he's from. He just does so many different abstract things. <laughs> and then like the Hangover guy, and it it was really cool to see that group of guys working together. See, and I remember seeing the trailer months and months and months ago, and like just thinking this is going to be great. Yes, it shows a lot in the trailer that's in the film. Yes, there's not tons of surprises, but I did feel like it fleshed it out enough from what you get from the trailer when you go and watch the film. And we both watched it, the trailer more, a lot of times. There's more to it. Hmm. And it is, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think so. I really like the group of actors. Interestingly, they were going to get, when it was originally developed, they had Will Ferrell and Jack Black in mind. And oh, I don't think, no. no, I think it would have been a much worse film. Yeah. I think it would have been forgotten about and et cetera if it had th- those two people in it. I think they did a good job to not recruit super, super A-listers. Well, a lot of these people are are famous from TV shows and not from films. Yeah, you're right. Not from comedy films. And I think that works in their favour because I think it benefited from that kind of, not suspension of disbelief, but like I feel like a lot of people will go and watch this film and get immersed in the characters of at least like the main four or five because you haven't seen them in a lot of things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whereas Uh, if Will Ferrell and Jack Black did it, you'd just be thinking, oh, that's Anchorman and oh, that's Dewey Finn, School of Rock. Like, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have the same, you wouldn't be able to kind of get into the groove of thinking that this is a genuine group of mates. Especially when it's based on a true story and those characters are real and have, and have, and that, and also the sentiment of the friendship behind it. I just don't think I'd buy it. Yeah, no, I think a wise move, wise move. But no, eight out of 10. Um, Yes, so that is is the end of the podcast. Um, As always, like us on uh, oh hello I forgot what to like us on so um, like our Instagram um, like uh, please share and share and subscribe the podcast yeah if you if you're if you're listening on iTunes or Pocket Cast or anything like we'd we'd love to a know your thoughts and b give us a review if you if if you can. Yeah, um, I would, we would love that. We would absolutely love that. As we've said before, we're most active on Instagram. We've also got a Facebook page set up now that we've been kind of engaging with a lot of you on. In the next week, I'd like to start like doing some more stuff on Twitter, but we do have a Twitter page. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. Same ne- thing. Neither of us really understand Twitter. Us, no, we're quite bad. old fogies. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. We also, we're, we're hoping this time next week, Spotify, mate. Let's hope, yeah. You know, yeah. Any day now, that notification will come through from Anchor saying you're on Spotify, and that'll be that'll be a um, real achievement. I'll be really excited about that. The gates will open. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of in terms of next week, um, we don't have anything planned. Um, the first purge is out, but like we said last week, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, Will. I might go and watch it, but I'm not sure I could be bothered to review it. Um, I know what I'm expecting. I, yeah, there's no, exactly. there's no, there's nothing I will get out of the first purge yeah. I want to podcast about. Um, I don't really. It's already out, so it'd be quite late. But I don't really fancy reviewing that adrift film mm. about the the couple on the boat. No. Nope. Um, so we'll keep people posted on the socials, but maybe we'll just do a a random pick and select something, maybe an indie film. Or maybe something from a while ago that me and you have both wanted to... I mean, we've got a long list of films, Will, that we want to watch. Could we do Dances uh, with Wolves? No, I'm joking. We're, we're, <laughs> we're definitely not. That, <gasps> bit, Dances with Wolves bit, came up in this film. There was yeah, a joke about Dances with Wolves in the first two minutes. Like, and I was literally was like, oh, I just want to text Jake at this moment. A bit, a bit of context for the uh, the viewers, from the listeners from day one. Yeah. Way, way back in the solo episode, we said that what we might do as a format was every other week, um, instead of reviewing a new film, we'd review an Oscar winner yep. and we'd go through it chronologically. And then episode two and we, in Batman Ninja, we were like, 
No, we watched Dance with Wolves. It was four hours. It was quite difficult. We 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 decided against that. Yeah, now. We, we, we both, <laughs> it, it took both of us about three days to get through Dances with Wolves, the Kevin Costner epic that won yeah. the Oscar in 1990. And, and then we, also we, on we top made, of that, watching ex- Ghost. And, because yeah. we were all nervous and we hadn't done this before, we made such extensive notes. And then we kind of just got round to it that week, the second week of the podcast. And we thought, you know what, fuck this. Like We're not going to have fun talking about it. So let's go review a Japanese anime film. <laughs> With um, Batman in it, yeah. Which, exactly. which went well, which went very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so watch this space and we will see you all next week. Thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>